There is a church that is infested with rats. Rats, right? Rats. Nobody likes rats. And uh, no amount of uh, exterminators and uh, traps has been successful to control that growing population in that church. There are rats climbing all over the place, even during service time when the members were around, the, the rats were running around, climbing on the walls, and even when the preacher preached, the pastor preached, there were rats on the pulpit running around as well. And uh, they were really very frustrated and very discouraged and very angry over the rats that is disturbing their service and disturbing the people. And one day, the pastor think up a plan. He thought out a plan. And next day, all the rats were gone. Hallelujah! Not one of them was seen. No more rats in the church. And the following Sunday, the congregation was exuberant to know that they are no longer seeing any of these rats and they don't have to chase them around anymore and they feel so comfortable to be able to worship freely and not disturbed by the horrendous number of rats running around. And they come and ask the pastor, Pastor, what did he do to get rid of the rats? And the pastor replied that he shared the gospel to the rats and baptized them. And they will not be back on they will only be back on Easter and Christmas, just like many church members. And this morning, we continue to preach on connect. Connect to the church. And most people join an organization because they believe that with a company of like uh, interest members, they can extend their interests uh, even further with more influence as well. Many clubs started small and over time they become influential and they impact the society where they were. Many believers join a church after they come to know Jesus as the Lord and Saviour. And they remain in the church for a very long time. Praise the Lord. There is nothing wrong with that and that should be the way it is. But it's a good thing to be in the church. But because when we come, time can be so long in the church that we forget the reason why we joined the church. And this morning, I want to preach on the reason why I joined the great church of Jesus Christ. Many believers will say it is natural to join a church since becoming a Christian or that they have been encouraged by church members who brought them to church and they joined the church. Now it's the right thing to do when you become a believer that you join the church so that the church can take care of you and, and minister the right things. And it is the right thing to do for all of us. And there are many good reasons to do so. And this is what I'm convinced of, that the great church of Jesus Christ is for me. The great church of Jesus Christ is for me. And the title of my message this morning is Subang Jaya Assembly of God, the great church. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody type Amen and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Subang Jaya Assembly of God is the great church. And I want to preach from the text taken from First Peter chapter 2, verse 4 to verse 10. First Peter chapter 2, verse 4 to verse 10. 
follow along as I read from the NIV here. It says here from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in Him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone that builders rejected has become that cornerstone, and a stone that caused people to stumble, and a rock that made them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you will not receive mercy, but now you have received mercy. Praise the Lord for the reading of His Word. Let's continue and let us pray for the service. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. Thank you, Lord, that you have brought us all together. Thank you, Lord, that we are no more an individual living our own ways. But, Lord, that we have followed after you, the living stone and we have become living as well. Living in the sense, O oh God, that we have a future with you, and we will not be lost. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us all together, that we are being built up like a house. That, Lord, that we are a royal priesthood that offers sacrifices to God. Yes, Lord, that we are your chosen people for this generation. We are your people raised up to declare your praises, to push back the darkness. Oh, yes, Lord, that you brought us into your light. And Lord, we pray that we will continue to enjoy your mercy and your love, the Lord, through this time here, that we will proclaim your goodness to the rest of the nations around us. Thank you, Lord. Speak to us, we pray. Anoint us, Lord, we pray. Let there be ears that hear your word and spirit that will perceive your word that you will bring life to us. Thank you, Lord. We commit ourselves unto your hand. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yeah, that was a joke that I share just now. I trust that you will really enjoy a joke like that. Okay? That you will not be like the rats that will only come on Easter and Christmas. That you will really be connected to the church because the church is a great place. Amen. And the passage suggests to us that Jesus is the living stone and He gives life to those that follow after Him, that believe in Him, that they too would become alive. And He is the living stone that was rejected by men. And yet those who believe in Him are made alive as He is alive. And we thank God that He has come from heaven and He is here 
to redeem the broken, redeem those that are hopeless, that we may have a life. And his believers are coming and together to build, to be built into a spiritual house and a holy priesthood to offer sacrifices to God, just as in the Old Testament time where sacrifices were made. The living stone was rejected by man, but has become the cornerstone which gives alignment to those who follow after him. Yeah, we are not familiar with this kind of a cornerstone thing because many of us are not involved in construction. But even in those of us who are involved in construction, we, we do not practice that anymore. We really have modern equipment to be able to judge where is the right angle okay, and where we, the two walls will meet. Okay? Uh, these are the new technologies that we have been using all along now. So those olden days, they have a cornerstone that is really a right angle so that one wall would meet with another wall at the right angle. To those who believe, they are the chosen people, a royal priesthood, hallelujah, a holy nation and a people belonging to God. From being unloved and unwanted to and no mercy, to be loved and obtain mercy from God, Oh, that is the greatest thing that can happen on the face of this earth for anybody. For this reason, I want to be a part of the great church of Jesus Christ. And for the first reason why I joined the church, number one is God's dwelling. And we see here in verse 5, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We all know that the church is not the building, but the gathering of people. For Jesus said that when two or three of us are gathered together, there He is in the midst of us. And the church is just a meeting place. At a Church is really the people of God gathering together. And when we gather together, we become the church. When we gather together, we become the church. It is then both a physical and when God dwells within the members that gather together, it also becomes spiritual. And so the church we are attached to is both a physical and a spiritual house. And God has said that His house will be a house of prayer. And when members gather together, let's remember that, that we are a house where the presence of God dwells and that we can do ministry when the presence of God comes to dwell within us. The house becomes a house of prayer and so the church is dwelled by the presence of God and the, and, and, and the church has that special mark that God is present there. And many things are happening to us, always points and are of a spiritual nature. And in our experience, we find that things don't happen, okay, just like that. And some of those things that we don't even see happen to us, and we know those are the things that God is at work. And many times we don't feel the presence of God with us, but we have to know for a fact that God is always in the house. So when we are gathered together, there is the presence of God. And when God is in the house, there are miracles, 
there are signs and there are wonders. You know, in the Old Testament days, only the priests can go inside the tabernacle and into the presence of God. God dwells at the tabernacle and the people were all outside. But they are not allowed to enter into the presence of God or into the tabernacle. Only the priests were allowed to go in and do service and to represent the people to God. So there was a kind of like a filtering process that only the priests can enter. Okay? And they can minister in God's house and to do all the necessary duties as well. It was only the chosen tribe of Levi and nobody else of the 12 tribes qualified to serve in the tabernacle. Levi was chosen and it was by appointment of God. But that all changed when Jesus became our high priest. When Jesus became the high priest, you will notice that in the gospel it says, uh, also in the, in the book of Acts, that when Jesus died, the veil was torn. The veil that was the separation was torn and removed. And when Jesus became the high priest, we all now have, can have access into the presence of God and communicate directly with, G, with God. No longer needed to be, have an intermediary. No longer needed to, be, uh, to have priests to represent us. But each of us has been called and now has become the royal priesthood that we can enter into the presence of God at any time and do ministry. Jesus opened the way for us and that is the greatest privilege for all of us. Now that we are the dwelling of God, what are we supposed to do? The verse stated that we are a priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. And what are these spiritual sacrifices. Instead of a lamb or animal as sacrifice, we are to do ministry that bless God and her people. Not necessarily an animal anymore. No need to bring any more sheep or goat or, or lamb to the house of God anymore. But we are to do ministry that bless God and her people. I joined the great church because I can serve the people to build them up to trust God in all their life circumstances. We have many challenges in life, but we can build each other that we will trust God in all of life circumstances. God is sufficient for all of us. And I can help them to remain faithful to God to the very end. And faithfulness is a great thing in the house of God. That when we remain faithful, the message that I preached about two weeks ago, that God will return the faithfulness to us to a thousand generations. And I can lead them to move from among the crowd of people to be a disciple of Jesus, to be one to be in the inner circle of God, that they will not be weaklings living their self-centered ways and become easy target for Satan. But that they will be built up, that they will be overcomers of Satan and defeat Satan and to witness for God's saving power. Yes, I can do all that. And because 
it is God's dwelling. I am committed to that. We can all become ambassadors of God on this earth. Together, we become a strong witness, testifying that God is still in this house. And for these privileges, I can make those sacrifices. And these are the sacrifices that are presented for us, and each of us have to look into them. We no longer bring animals to sacrifice in the house of the Lord. But our sacrifice now are the ministry that we do that bless God and bless the people. So what are your ministries? What are you bringing as a sacrifice to the body of Christ? Because, thank God, the reason I can join is because it is God's dwelling. And secondly, the reason why I joined the church is the means for personal preparation. It's the means of personal preparation. Verse 6 to verse 8. Say therefore, in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And a stone that caused people to stumble and a rock that make them fall. It is a means for my personal preparation. We are all preparing for the final moment where all things will have to stop at God's doorstep. Where all things will end at the doorstep of God. And that's where we have to face up with that reality that there is an end of everything and we will have to face God at that moment. Nothing will be missed and no one can escape that fateful event that He has appointed unto us that we will have to stand before God. Everyone will be made accountable for what we have done in our lifetime. For the pre-believers, they will have to account for their intentions Okay, intentions are very hard to quantify. They will have to account for their actions and they will have to account for the words that they have spoken. On this, God will judge. God will judge them and that judgment will be a righteous judgment. And there is no further appeal as there will be no more higher authorities to appeal to. Without faith, in Jesus, all will fail. To believers, we will be judged by our faithfulness and rewarded accordingly. If ever we get to heaven, it will not be a time of judgment. It will be a time of rejoicing. It will be a time of rewarding. That means our time now here has a consequence for the later day. We have been given time and they have quantified it as 24 hours a day. But how much, I do not know, for everyone differs. But we have that amount of time now, and that amount of time is a preparation for the latter day. Today is preparation time, and we are all to ensure we will pass the test when it comes, and we will not be sent away 
from the presence of God. Today is an opportunity for us to build our fortress, our fortress of faith that will not be shaken. Many people prepare for tests and exams. And I know that all the young people know what is this, uh, this, this, this tedious thing of preparing for tests and exams. And no one stumbles into the exam hall without preparing and hope to pass the kind of an exam. You know, I think that the more important the exam uh, is to us, the more we will spend time to prepare for it. Now, whether it be school exam or uh, other exam or association exam, whatever it might be, whether it is important to us, we will definitely spend more attention and more time to prepare so that we can pass that kind of a test. Those that don't prepare, don't expect to pass. And if they pass, it doesn't always happen like that. So don't take the chance, but prepare for the day that we will meet with Jesus. And knowing that, I will be rewarded. I will stand in the presence of God, and God is going to look at me. I will do my utmost now for God's desire and plan so that I will get the reward from God and God will be pleased with me. And I'm not certain what I will be rewarded with. I just want His approval. To me, His approval is most important. And I'm not concerned about how many cities, how many nations, how many tribes or how many planets I will rule over. Those, those are not important to me. But what is important to me is I get God's approval of me. And that would be my greatest reward. That I will be satisfied. His approval will be most satisfying for me. Knowing the reward will come that day, I will need to prepare while here on earth. The process of sanctification is a lifelong exercise. And I will have to always deny myself, take up my cross and follow after Jesus. I find that the church is the best place to go through my sanctification process. In church, I'm constantly in contact with like-minded people on the same journey. And all of us are on the same journey towards, towards the same goal and direction. And when I rub shoulders and sparks fly, I am being molded. My character is being chiseled and sandpaper when with all the rough edges smoothened out. My ego, my selfishness, my self-centeredness and even my uncertainties are being replaced with love and consideration. Thank God for that. And I can echo what Paul says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. It says that I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I have been crucified with Christ. As iron sharpens iron, I am in a better foundry to grow to reflect Jesus. Jesus. 
This is, for this I want to be on God's side. And God's side is to be connected to the church. And the reason why I joined the church, number three, is the glorious bride of Jesus. And verses 9 and 10, it says that we are a royal, uh, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's special possession that you may declare the praises of Him who call you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And before this, the people, the people were Gentiles. The people do not know God. And they, even for some of them that were really displaced Jews, they do not really, really, really know that they are the people of God. They are not the people of God. They have not received mercy. They are now becoming Christians and now they are becoming the people of God. Jesus is coming back again for the church. Amen. He's bright and He is coming back to take her for Himself. And Jesus is coming back for the church. This is a figure of speech about getting married, about bride and bridegroom. And this is just to convey the message that He is coming back for us. The church belongs to Him and He is coming for the church. Right now, the church is being perfected for that calling, for that day where we will meet up with Him. And Subang Jaya Assembly of God is not alone. It's not left alone to do her own things and her own ways. We are set aside to be presented to Him as a bride that will be without blemishes, without wrinkles, and without all the imperfection. And even as we look around today, so many of us are not perfected yet. But that day will come when we will all be perfected and we will be gathered up together to meet the Lord. Now, there are a lot of criticism against the church. But then, the church will be beautiful when Jesus returns. We are being formed and the church is on the way as members are being molded and perfected. And God is working with us. God is working with us. We go through difficulties of life. We go through struggles of life. We have family issues. We have business issues. We have career issues. And sometimes we also have relational issues. And all these issues as we go through as a family, God is perfecting us. God is building us. God is making us so that we can become more and more like Christ. We are on the way to perfection. God is working for us to make us a beautiful bride when He comes. And I am certain that when we know we are loved, we will get ready and radiant for that moment. We will get ourselves ready for that moment. We will prepare ourselves for that moment. You know, many powerful people, many powerful men of the past has been trying to exterminate the church but fail until they themselves were exterminated. We know the story of Emperor Nero and other cruel Roman emperors who tried to kill and feed the Christian 
to wild animals, but they fail, and the Christian live until today. There were some even popes who tried to persecute the Christian, but fail again. But the Christian live on. Adolf Hitler tried to have, tried to do that, and the end of the story is that he committed suicide. Joseph Stalin and Lenin tried to control the church, but the church in Russia resurrected today and become even stronger. Mao Zedong tried. He kicked out all the Christian missionaries in China and tried to kill the Christian. But today, there are millions of Chinese believers scattered all over China. The church of Jesus Christ will live on and thrive. Nothing can fight against God and win because the church belongs to Him. Because Jesus said, I will build my church and nobody else, no power on the face of this earth is able to exterminate the church. There was a story about a man that was against Christian. And he tried many ways to distract the believers. And this story comes from India. And this man was trying to disturb the church, trying to prevent the church from growing and multiplying. But he was not successful. And he was trying, find, trying to find other ways. And so one day, he came to a very old sage, a very old guru. And he asked the guru how to destroy the church. And the wise guru gave him this answer. If you stir the fire, if you disturb the fire, the sparks will fly all over the place and the place will catch fire. The more you try, the, the church will grow and spread further. So leave the church alone. That was the advice the sage gave to this man. But today we thank God the church of India is still persevering and still growing. Nothing can fight against God and win. Jesus died for his church and he is not going to accept an ugly bride. He will ensure that we are beautiful when he comes. United and perfected before he takes the church back. We as a church may not be beautiful and disunited now. We still have a long way to go. But the day will come when the church will be perfected. We are waiting for that day. And I see that things are happening, that the church has begun to be cooperative. The church has begun to be reconciled. We are like the bride on the way to the beauty parlor to get ready for the wedding day. On the way to the beauty parlor to prepare for the wedding day, the perfected church is going to showcase her beauty and declare to the world that we are united as one under Christ and is going to sing all the praises of God throughout the generations to come. The church is going to come and it's going to come back strong. So we need to believe in ourselves as we submit to the Holy Spirit 
as we submit to the Holy Spirit in molding us, in making us. And many times, the Holy Spirit needs to break us so that we will be in growing in perfect health. We need to submit. We need to believe in ourselves. Don't despise the young and the weak that seems to have so many flaws until we are done with the beauty treatment. Until we are done with it. God is not coming back for gold or diamonds, but God is coming back for the precious redeemed people for Himself. And so therefore, there is still hope yet to be made beautiful. Jesus has big hope for the church. Yeah, Jesus has a big hope for the church. And I'm glad I'm included in the church. For this, I want to be on God's side. I want to be in the church to get ready because He is coming back for us. So in conclusion here, you may have many reasons or other reasons to join the church, but these are my reasons to associate with the church in Subang Jaya Assembly of God. I'm unsure and I'm sure that the church is the best bastion God has to push back the darkness and to be remade from a despised, unloved, hopeless, without mercy people to portray His glory in time to come. The future church is going to be radiant and spotless when Jesus returns. I therefore want to be connected to church of Jesus because as I shared here in the first point, it will be God's dwelling. And secondly, it is a means for personal preparation. And thirdly, it is going to be the glorious bride of Jesus Christ. Where else do I want to be except here? It's only logical that I connect myself with the church. This is the greatest invention of God and I have a part in it. The greatest invention of God and I am having a part in it. This is the unfolded mystery that Paul speaks about in Ephesians chapter 3. In the early part of the chapter 3, he talks about the mystery that has been hidden for ages and is now being revealed by this holy apostle that Jews and Gentiles can be reunited as one body under Christ. Today, we are not a like-minded interest group or club, but we are a dynamic and living church being perfected and waiting for the consummation with Jesus. And all great story has a beautiful ending. And we as a church of God is going to have the greatest ending and celebration. You and I are in it together. And I'm happy you are here with me. So let's uphold each other as we travel together in this journey. Let's be connected to the church and be a part of the great plan of God. In the coming days, the church of Jesus Christ is going to break through, break through the setbacks and declare the glories of God. And I'm convinced that Subang Jaya Assembly of God is a great church and trust you are convinced and you will connect with us.